Oh, Lord, Lord. Hey, man, how are y'all doing today? It is it is a great day to be here, man. I got a great show for y'all today. I'm going to open up talking about Valentine's Day and why it should be a happy day for all of us, no matter where we are in life. Then I'm going to get a little political. We're going to talk about hiding Hillary from chaos in Canada. Remington settle, settling with uh, the victims of Sandy Hook, drill music in New York. Then we're going to go to the gram for some interesting posts that I found there. But first, hey, 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 it's the big baby. And I'm back. We are balling, man, but let's get into it, man. Happy Valentine's Day. Why does Valentine's Day have so much control over so many people? You you know, today is the 16th. You will probably be hearing this on the 17th, 18th, 19th, you know, whenever you you decide to listen. But I, I, I see so often... So many people are so, so bothered by what's going on on Valentine's Day. And I want to offer, you know, a few words for you all. Don't let this day control you. But of the people that I see, I see, uh, what is it? Four different types. Four. You you have the happy couples. You have the self-loving singles. You have the haters. And then you have... The ghost. Now, if you ask me, I I look at Valentine's Day as a day that you show love to those who you truly care about, whether it's a parent, whether it's a significant other. And for some of y'all, maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's yourself. But but let's let's really, really focus in on showing love to your loved ones. Because I think it's really important to take time to show those people who are truly important to you that they are important and they deserve that day. But you also got to be mindful that this is a man-made holiday that's been, uh, you know, popularized by our capitalistic society that's going to make you spend money. So don't allow something that's pagan, something that is all about really nothing to, to change your mood. And if you don't have a loved one, don't be down. If your partner isn't all into Valentine's Day, don't worry about it. Appreciate the honesty. Appreciate the fact that, you know, maybe they don't want to be told when they have to show you that they care and appreciate that they actually care about you and they're not doing the fake BS just to make you feel better on a particular day. Now, personally, I could care less about Valentine's Day. It means very little to me, um, maybe because I've been single for a lot of Valentine's Days that I just don't care as much. Or maybe it's because I I just have an appreciation for every day, the good days, the bad days, for the good times, instead of um, waiting for the days that society tells me to care. Uh, You know, I don't like being told what to do. But at the same time, you know, I celebrate now. If a woman wants to celebrate Valentine's Day, I'm going to celebrate Valentine's Day because if you care, I I, I care a little bit more because I care how it does make you feel on that particular day. But that's just me. But but let's get back to let's get back to the different people who who, who I talk about, the four groups, the happy couples, the self-loving singles, the haters and the ghosts. Now, to the happy couples, I think y'all are the funniest group because y'all just got to show off how happy y'all are. Y'all just got to say, oh, look what my baby did for me. I'm just so happy. I got to show it off to everybody. Okay, cool. Or y'all pop out in a a relationship, right? You've been a ghost for all these months and all these years, and all of a sudden, here comes Valentine's Day. (laughs) We pop out together. We in love. That's good. But I know also some of y'all are posting that stuff just so people can see it. So so they can know that you are with somebody. Or or you're posting that stuff or you're celebrating that holiday because you're hanging on by the very threads and you think that manifesting this, oh yes, let's manifest, is going to make something happen that's falling apart. 
I see through it. But it's okay. Do you and have a happy Valentine's Day. To the self-loving singles. I don't need anybody. I'm just going to love myself today. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Today ain't for y'all. And it's okay. You can have your own day. You know, maybe we should have a self-loving singles day where, you know, self-loving singles take care of themselves. But today is the day for the couples. Let the couples live. And and, and don't talk about, I'm just going to love me today. Because guess what? If you you celebrating Valentine's Day by yourself, you know, it it is like me celebrating my birthday on March 15th. And and if you all don't know, my birthday is November 18th. Uh, uh, March 15th holds no real significance to me in my life. It was just a random date that I pulled out of my head. And um, and and I'm going to start celebrating my birthday then just because I want to be included on everybody else who, who celebrates their birthday on March 15th. You know, it's kind of like the 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 people who want to celebrate uh, uh, Mother and Father's Day, right? You're either a mother or a father. I don't care if you're a single parent. You're one or the other. Pick a holiday and go with it. I'm not going to put y'all in birthday month category, but you but you're inching real close to it, okay? Every day ain't your day, and that's okay. But you know what, you self-loving singles? Have a happy Valentine's Day. To the haters. A lot of you haters are self-loving singles, but y'all are still haters because y'all have to let it be known that y'all ain't liking what y'all seeing out there. Oh, is that your girl? I thought I recognized her. I mean, okay. Why he over here buying you chocolates and candy? I'm over here taking off your panties. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or when I see when I be seeing y'all posting, I'm just I'm just on the floor dying laughing, rolling on the floor laughing. Okay, man. Why are you hating? Why does it matter to you what anybody else is doing? Go enjoy your day. And if you're not gonna enjoy the day, if you go be a self-loving single and, and love yourself, well, you know what? Just treat it like it's February 14th, just another day. But even to you all, have a happy Valentine's Day. And to who I think is the best group. Of them all. The ghost. I love the ghost because the ghosts are just going to do what they do. They're going to celebrate Valentine's Day with their loved ones and they're going to actually focus on their loved one. They're going to focus on their family. They're going to focus on, on themselves. Either way, you don't know what they're doing because they're invisible, because they're ghosts. And they're probably having a much better day than everybody else who's not publicizing how they feel because they're not looking for validation. They're not looking for any pity. They're just looking to enjoy the day however they see fit, whether it's with the loved one, whether it's alone, whether it's hating, whatever it is that they're doing, they're doing what they truly love to do. And to the ghosts, happy Valentine's Day to you. And so to everybody, I hope you have a happy, you had a happy Valentine's Day. But at the end, don't let that day control you, man. It's just February the 14th. All right, now let's get to the juicy topic of the day. Hiding Hillary. Now, if you all aren't familiar with what I'm talking about with hiding Hillary, Trillery Clinton, you know, I put some hot sauce. You know, Frank's Red, I put that on everything, you know. Yes, 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 the former uh, uh, first lady, former secretary of state, you know, uh, wife to one William Bill Clinton. Yeah, 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 that Hillary. Uh, So Hillary's coming under fire because of the recent Durham report. And if you all aren't familiar with what's going on with the Durham report, trust me, I understand. Because the way it's being covered is absolutely crazy. But to summarize the Durham report, it's involving Hillary using uh, these using these large tech companies to monitor the actions of the Trump campaign back in 2016. And more specifically, they were trying to link the Trump campaign 
to Russia. And kind of after that, it gets real, real sticky because you have you have the left reporting of it long, long time ago. And how, you know, there was Russian interference and all of this stuff, right? Apparently, this was the source of that. Now you have the Durham report being filed. And we're getting tidbits of information that possibly Hillary Clinton and her campaign continued doing this after uh, President Trump was elected and was a sitting president. But if you look at some of the left-leaning uh, publications, they push back on this and they said it happened uh, prior to President, former President Trump taking office. I don't know. But it's really weird when the first few days of this Durham report coming out, you don't hear anything from the left. CNN's quiet, MSNBC's quiet, and you got Fox News yelling. You know, you got your mainstream publications, new newspapers not saying much, but you got your right wing main, uh, publications screaming, right? And this is kind of the 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 juxtaposition of American politics and the media. Too often we have two totally different uh, points of view, two totally different stances looking at a singular item. And, and when you pull yourself away from it, you go, how in the hell are we evaluating the same thing and we're coming up with such different conclusions? Now, maybe it's true, but I want you to hold on to that of us evaluating the same thing. And maybe we can reasonably come to polar opposite conclusions, maybe. But I tell you, I can't trust the institutions who aren't talking about it because it tells me that this is something that is damning to somebody who they're in bed with, with somebody who they are supporting, with a stance that they may have been behind and they don't want to go back and say, hey, we got it wrong. That's what it tells me on the surface. But I'm also very skeptical of the other outlet who's screaming at the top of their lungs. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. See, see, see what I told you? Maybe you're trying to prove that you were right all along. Or maybe you're just trying to cut the legs out from under those who you consider to be your opposition. But either way, I can't look at either and truly believe that they both or in good faith. And honestly, with what's coming out of this report, just to be brief on that, I think it's more commonplace than we think. I truly do. I think that in, in, in these big campaigns, each side is trying to peel back the onion and get as much information as covertly as possible against their opponent so they can do whatever it takes to win the election. Because we know the goal of politicians is to get elected and stay elected. That's the ultimate goal. So when I hear one side being quiet about it, I'm like, oh, well, they probably know that this is what goes on and they don't really want to report about it because it's the norm. But then you have... Then you have these different, you listen to the, to, the, to the right. So I listen to a lot of Fox News, right? And they're calling out CNN. That's fine. I, I, cool. Do what you do. I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. But I listen to this guy, Greg Gutfeld. And, and Greg Gutfeld is obviously a, a satirical, uh, humorous show, right, that's based around what's going on in politics. And I've talked about this on this platform multiple times that, we can't go to these these opinion-based shows. We can't go to, to, to these comedy shows and take everything from that as fact. Because the, the, there is an agenda. And when someone's making a joke, you all of us can't tell the difference between what's true and what's funny. And, and, and that's why you see so many popular shows 
on Fox News. Like I broke it down that most of their most their most popular shows aren't news shows. Their primetime shows aren't news shows. They're opinions. You know, so what, what a lot of people are receiving as reporting isn't true reporting. And I think that's why there is so much distrust for the media as a whole. Because you have this, he said, she said, me against him, us against them um, uh, mentality. And it's like, well, what the hell is actually true? What is actually true? Why? It's like each side is refuting the other in order to just prove their Sides, right? They already have a conclusion and they're just using the fact that they want to get there instead of presenting the facts to the viewers and allow them to draw a conclusion. Because if you ask me, the media's job is to succinctly summarize complex topics that the average man and woman don't understand and present those topics in a way that they can understand it so that once they receive the information, they can look deeper into it and move forward. Like they have an idea of what's going on. It's not supposed to be the definitive answer all the time. It's your opinion. Your opinion says this. And there almost needs to be like a disclaimer, right? Like, you know, when you're watching something like Jackass or you look at the old albums where it says like parental advisory or, hey, kids, do not do this at home when you're watching wrestling or something like that. I think maybe we're watching Gutfeld or or Tucker Carlson. (laughs) You know, we need to put that up just so that people understand that these are opinions. But the crazy thing about this whole thing is, right? And, and you got, like I said, the left has been pretty much hiding Hillary. I couldn't find anything um, video on CNN talking about this today. I did find some print stuff on CNN and in the New York Times, uh, but it's all over Fox News. It's been over all over for a couple of days. Is that you, you do these false equivocations, right? Let, let's compare this to, well, they're covering Joe Rogan and his use of the N-word. And, and, and January 6th, you go, well, two things can be the same. I mean, it looks like you all aren't covering this, so it needs to be covered. Um, people need to be educated on this stuff. And um, they're doing it just like, you know, you're pointing a finger at them for not covering something that you think is important. You know, the I point one finger at you. I got three pointing back at me. Same, same boss. And even, you know, comparing this to uh, this is the worst thing since since Watergate. Maybe. But I'm willing to um, bet that uh, what happened on January 6th, 2021, was much worse than Watergate. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. All right, man, let's talk about a little bit of chaos in Canada. So I don't know how familiar you all are with Canada and kind of how uh, they conduct business up there. But there is uh, starting to be a gaining distrust in the Canadian government on their handling of COVID. Unlike the United States of America, uh, Canada did not politicize the issue. They did what we call uh, follow the science, right? And... With that, that meant that they were more uh, comfortable being shut down and immediately getting the vaccine. Now, there are some who didn't, but for the most part, uh, Canadians, they just, you know, followed suit with what the government directed and, you know, press on. But just like here in America, you get to your breaking point. And finally, you have some Canadians who are, you know, ready to speak out or speaking out against their government. Why? Because truck drivers who crossed an international border coming into America are now required to be vaccinated in order to reenter the country. Why? 
because we said so. Now, you can have your thoughts on the vaccine. I, I, I'm not here to argue that. But what I'm what I am here to talk about is just. As things don't make sense. People begin to ask questions, and when those questions don't get answered, they lose trust. And just like we lose trust in the media because so many things that are being reported and presented to us don't make sense, the same thing is happening with our institutions. And I was listening to the Daily as they were covering this, and one of the big things that I got from one of the interviews was that, um, oh, hold on was that the Canadians were getting restless, but more importantly, the the ladies talked about how this isn't a left issue. It's not a right issue. And people are, are, are coming together, right? Or no, no, it was an emergence of a new party. Sorry. She said, it's not a left issue or a right issue. She feels like there's going to be emergence of a new party. And I say, no, this isn't the emergence of a new party. This is, Real people. This is actually what happens when you talk to real people and you don't talk to people on the polls. If you talk to somebody at the North Pole and you talk to somebody at the South Pole, guess what? Their lives are totally different. But if you talk to somebody who's in Canada, you talk to somebody who's in America, and you talk to somebody who's in, I don't know, South America, I bet you you can find more cultural uh, similarities in those people than you can at the, with the people at the polar opposites. And if we want to like crunch it down a little bit more, right? You take Canada and you take Mexico. We just look at North America, right? And then you got the United States in the middle. Now, the United States has some cultural similarities with Canada and some cultural similarities with Mexico. And But I bet you the United States is more similar to Canada or Mexico, right? Then Canada and Mexico, Canada and Mexico are to each other. Why? Because it's in the middle. It's the buffer. It's it's it, it, it's the people. So we should take the same approach to our politics. Most people are in the buffer zone. They're not in the polls. So when you start to think that. And that's why you can't trust polls because the people who are on the polls participate in polls, right? You're far left, you're far right. But this chaos, these protests that are happening by these truckers and they're now being joined by other citizens in Canada who have lost their businesses, who are losing their livelihood. Why? Because they're tired of being locked down. They're tired of their kids being in the house. They want their kids to go out and have the opportunity to be back in school, to interact with their friends, to take off the mask, to have true human interactions, and they want the same for themselves. They want to open up their businesses. If you have a customer service business, you could lose it. Uh, the, the the lady from the Daily who, who was in Canada conducting the interviews, she spoke about a a a Canadian yoga uh, yoga instructor who had a studio. He spent half a million dollars on a studio. He's gone through half of his damn life savings, and, and, and he's lost almost everything because he can't open back up. At some point, something's got to give. And when it doesn't make sense and when the people grow restless, chaos ensues. And then they lose trust in the institution. Now let's get to a, a, a more a, a more difficult topic to talk about. Okay, so Remington, the gun manufacturer, just settled a seventy-three million dollar lawsuit with some of the victims of Sandy Hook, the tragic Sandy Hook mass shooting. Now, let me preface this by saying my my thoughts on the settlement have nothing to do with the tragedy that happened at Sandy Hook. There's nothing I can say. There's no dollar figure that Remington can chalk up 
to give life back to those young kids who lost their lives and their families. The kids didn't deserve it. And the families didn't deserve what they've been put through because of this. And does some financial compensation do something for them? I don't know what, because I've never been put in a situation. That's for them to say. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't I don't have a strong opinion on them being paid from somewhere. But the somewhere does matter. Now, if you don't know what happened at Sandy Hook, a young man, a 20-year-old, uh, shoots his mom and then goes and shoots up to school. So let's look at the young man. He... Um, Grew up in a house with a mother who was a big gun enthusiast. Uh, took him out to shoot a lot, so he had great experience shooting. He, and like I said, grew up around firearms, so he was very competent with the firearm, very comfortable with the firearm. No problems there. But this young man stru- uh, struggled with a lot of different mental health issues. Um, and from reading, and, I, and just some little Wikipedia research, the none of his mental health professionals thought that he he you know gave off any violent behaviors but I, based on what i read he was very good at hiding things okay and hiding things because he lived in a he had a dark room he had his windows taped out And nobody was allowed to come into his room to include his mother, who he lived with. Now, after the Sandy Hook shooting, they found, you know, weapons. They they found, like, pictures of him, like, holding guns to his head, which he eventually committed suicide. Uh, And they found out that he had a fascination with mass shootings to include Columbine and some other tragic shootings that have happened. Now... Early detection would, t- like, you know, a lot of things would tell you this person probably doesn't need a weapon. If they're not mentally stable, they probably don't need a weapon. If they have this fascination with mass shootings, uh, they, they photograph themselves with, with a gun up to their head, they, they probably don't need to be in possession of a firearm. But if the mom doesn't know this, she doesn't know to shield her son from these firearms. But I say, if you live in my house, like, you're not stopping from coming in your room. Like, I ain't saying I can come in there whenever I want to, but to not know what's in your room, uh, to not be able to see what you have on the walls, I I I can't get with that. But anyways, Remington is now now filed for bankruptcy, and they're paying out $73 million to some of the families of Sandy Hook. And... I'm not the biggest fan of this because I'm afraid of what precedent are we setting? Okay. What type of precedent are we setting to that? We are holding the manufacturer of the gun, the manufacturer of the firearm responsible for the user's actions. Now in the lawsuit, uh, there was verbiage saying that the, the, the product placement made the gun more appealing Uh, By being placed in video games. All right. So do we not hold the video game manufacturer responsible as well? I mean, we can't hold the parent at this point because the parent was, was, was killed. But where does the accountability truly lie? Uh, uh, it's not like this young man purchased the weapon from weapon from a Remington shop factory or whatever, you know. He had access through his mother. Now I say this is a slippery slope and a scary precedent that's being set because, for one, uh, Remington, you know, looked to uh, use a, a a federal statute that protected them, and the Supreme Court said, "No, go ahead with the case." And what I truly think this was, was a bad case of optics. It's like, oh my God, one of the most tragic school shootings in United States history. Uh, If my memory serves me correctly, it was the largest school shooting in the uh, history of the country and the fourth largest 
shooting in the country's history. So we have to do something about it. Yes, we do. But we have to do something about gun control. We have to do something about those who have guns. We have to do something about security. I don't think attacking the gun manufacturer in this situation is the right answer. Because, I mean, it's going to kind of flow into my next topic. Where do we draw the line of influences? So if I have a car accident and I hurt somebody or kill somebody, can I go sue Ford? Because of their F-150 commercials made this truck so appealing to me that now that I'm operating and I'm and I'm operating ir- irresponsibly. And I can blame them because that's how I take it. Now, do I think that, you know, there's no use for AR-15 in, 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 in a normal person's life? Absolutely. But if we're not going to limit uh, people's access to that, then you can't knock the company for making it and trying to sell it. Are we going to take Grand Theft Auto um, off the shelf? Are we going to take Call of Duty off the shelves? Are we going to take any game that involves violence and guns, realistic, any first person or third person, whatever shooter? Are we going to take those off the shelves? Are we going to take the little phone apps where you can be a sniper? Are we going to take those off of our phones? If that's the slope that we're going to go down, if that's the the approach we're going to take, we'll have at it. Are we going to bankrupt another gun manufacturer? Are we just going to get rid of firearms? So we're going to violate the Constitution? I don't know where we stop here, and I don't want to seem like I'm over-sensationalizing it, but it's scary. I truly don't know where we where we stop, but I do know where we start. We start with more education, more familiarity, and better screening. Okay? This guy was familiar. He was educated. But he was not in the mental space to possess a firearm. And so I'm going to place some responsibility on his parent because that's where he lived for not restricting his access to said firearms because of its mental space. But ultimately, the responsibility lies on the man with the gun. We have to hold the shooter accountable for his or her actions and not the company. Because Remington didn't fire off not one shot. But speaking of firing shots, there have been uh, a lot of shots fired and and, and discussion of those shots come from drill music or come in drill music. And New York Mayor Eric Adams, uh, he talked this weekend about censoring drill music. And thankfully, some of the, the, some rappers in New York led by Mano came out and spoke against this, and they spoke with the mayor. Now, let me, let me, let me get the statement for you. Come on, Instagram now. On Tuesday night, there's been a lot of talk about drill rap, drill music, New York City, connecting violence with the, with the culture. And um, I just wanted to create a conversation with the mayor. We brought Fabio here. We got young D-Love here. We got uh, Sloan Bucks here. We got a Bleezy here to talk about, you know, what's really happening so the man can get a, a real perspective and a real understanding of what real rap is and so that, you know, we can, we can have some real dialogue and, and really start to really make things happen. Now, I absolutely love this. I absolutely love that Mayor Eric Adams opened up his door to listen to uh, these men come in and talk about what's really happening in the streets because they're there where you should be. I'm happy that he's aware enough of the culture to be able to know who are the right people to talk to about the influence of drill music in the street. 
But let's be real. You wanted to censor drill music because you're catching flack for your when you're talking with the police officers and you use a derogatory term for white people, you know, something uh, that, that Ritz makes, you know, yeah, you call them that, uh, uh, the saltine type. And I think that you are trying to, you know, get some good, you know, get some good publicity in those circles. Okay. That's what I really believe. But let's get to the bigger picture. Does the music that we hear in the streets influence the youth? Yes, it does. So does what's on TV. So does the video games that they play. So does what they actually see in the streets. So do the people they are around. So do their their teachers, uh, 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 whatever government officials they're around, whatever role models they have. A lot of people play a role in the lives of young people. So to let's focus in on music and try to compare it to Donald Trump is absolutely insane. Because you got to look at the music. You have to look at the musicians. Where do they come from? Why are they talking about these things? Is it their life? Is it the life that they once came from? You know, because there's a lot of genres of music. We talk about a lot of different things. So if, if, if a particular genre of music, we try to tie, like, if we, if we try to tie that to a, a behavior that we find repulsive, are we going to cancel that music? Are we going to censor that music? At what point do we stop trying to censor things and talk and instead just talk about it? Thank God that Mano and, 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 and those other rappers uh, got the opportunity to sit down with Mayor Eric Adams to talk about it. Now, I don't have an issue with him speaking out about some of the contents in this music because I, I understand it. But you can't be so disengaged that you think that this is the only reason why these young people are acting the way that they're acting because it's not. And for one, you're killing a source of black wealth. A lot of black people getting rich off rap. Why would you try to shut down an avenue for those to get paid? For those to escape those situations uh, where that violence is to elevate their lives? Because by censoring it, uh, you're, you're devaluing it. You're, you're, you're shutting down the, the amount of ears that get to hear it, you know. You, you're shutting down the venues that get to book them. And, and then you, you, you slow down their, their money stream. Come on now, brother. You're supposed to be, <laughs> you're supposed to be off us now. You got to think about that. But I think that speaks to a level of disengagement that, that any politician can be guilty of. But again, either he knew or the team around him knew the right people to, to, to get that shit down to happen so that there can be some progress. But it's not the music. It's the environment. Because if you have better education, that can lead to better jobs. If you get the better jobs, you can get better homes. If you get better homes, you get better neighborhoods. And result, you get better people. And you can pick the cycle that you want to put all of that in. But that's truly the, the answer to, to cleaning up the music, okay? Because now you have these same talented people who are going to be making music about their lives. I mean, just think about all the different musicians that we have. Their, their music is a reflection of the life that they lived or once lived, okay? That they live or once lived. So if we elevate our floor... Maybe there's less talk of violence, less talk of killing, um, because, you know, because, it, the, because it, it, it's, that's just life, okay? You are a product of your environment, so instead of, instead of trying to censor, censor those who are speaking about their environment, why don't you go to their environment and help them improve it? Mayor? All right, man, let's go to the gram. Like, these are going to be some, uh, these should be some quick topics uh, that I pulled off Instagram that I kind of want to talk about, all right? Um, let me see. Let me see. Because I got a few of them. All right, here's one. That emotionally unavailable guy you love so much is actually a terrible effing person. Let him go. 
maybe or maybe it's a person who's been damaged a person who's been hurt and they and they're afraid to be vulnerable maybe the last time that they were vulnerable they were taken advantage of and, and now they don't feel comfortable showing their true feelings and emotions that could be the case or maybe they don't know how to be emotionally available. Maybe they didn't grow up in a loving house who, who could show them a family how to be available emotionally. Let's not be so quick to judge people because they don't have the same emotional intelligence that we have. Maybe let's take some time to sit with them and, and help them help themselves. Maybe we maybe we refer them to a good therapist or a, a, a good book or a good movie, or a good podcast, or a good something to help them become more available. Maybe we provide the love that that person needs in order to become more available, okay? And this next post kind of, you know, follows along with that one from Wallow. Of social media. In about five years, we'll start really seeing the side effects of social media within our communities due to filter culture. Black men ain't culture. Black women ain't culture. I don't need no one culture. Things over love culture. I'm okay when I'm not culture. I got options culture and it will be devastating. Mental issues. Loneliness. Depressio. Well, depression. But here's the thing. I think we're starting to see this already. Hence my opening talking about Valentine's Day and, and all the, the different four types of people and how they respond to a day that's supposed to be about love. You know, I, I think that we try to carry these false, these false personality traits that the, the algorithms tell us that we're supposed to embody. No, man, embrace your emotions. There's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with having your feelings hurt. Look at Kanye right now. I don't know if he's doing a rollout or if his feelings are hurt or if he's having a mental breakdown. I don't. But if he's having a mental breakdown, he's going through a divorce. I mean, that's not crazy. Or if he's really trying to get his family back and he doesn't know what to do. He's being emotional. He's being vulnerable. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, hey, filter culture. You don't have to look like that girl. You don't have to look like that guy. Look like yourself. Be the best you that you can be, and it's okay. Love yourself, and I promise you, you'll find somebody to love you. Because ain't nobody going to love you like you love you. Let me tell you something, baby. I love me some me. Even when I'm not at my best, I still love me. Black men ain't ish. White women, uh, uh, black women ain't. Yes, they are. Just because you deal with a not shit person doesn't mean that all people in that group aren't shit. Stop categorizing people based on your singular uh, experiences with a person. Guess what? That person who you think ain't shit, they're shit for somebody. They're just not shit for you. Maybe they haven't had the experience that brought them to, again, that level of maturity that you're at. That's life. That's life. It takes time. We're not sprinting here. We're not in a race. You know how, like, when you're in PE and everybody has to run the mile? It's all it is. Everybody has to get around the track four times. But when you get around, it's when you get around. That's all it is. But we all need somebody. And yeah, and you all at some point we're gonna need love. We're here to coexist. We truly are. What else do we got here? Uh oh yeah, last post. Which one? 160 for lashes, two to four hundred for hair, sixty for toes, eighty-five for nails, fifty for waxes. It costs too much to be a girl that keeps up with herself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how we can simplify all of this, right? 160 for lashes. Don't get them. Wear your natural lashes. They look fine enough. If you want to throw in a little mascara, you can do that. Or guess what? Learn how to do your lashes yourself. It's not hard. I've seen it done. Two to 400 for hair. Go natural. Eat right. 
Condition your hair. Take care of it. Shampoo. Deep condition. And maybe you don't have to spend that much for hair. You know? 60 for toes. 85 for nails. I don't know what y'all... I mean, 50, 60 for toes. That's about right. 85 for them. Maybe you need to go a bit more conservative. Or again, maybe you learn how to do it yourself. Because if you're having to spend this much money to look good, baby, 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 you might not be pretty. To me. 50 for waxes. Well, I don't know how much waxing costs. And I hear waxing's healthier than shaving. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. I, but here's, here's the thing that you, that, that you can't do. If this is the life that you choose to live, I don't want to hear you complain about it. If you want to be this made up person, you want to look this way, if you want to choose this lifestyle, then you got to pay the cost to be the boss. But you got to understand going back to the previous post, okay? If we're going back to the previous post, then I, I mean, shit, stop keeping up with filter culture. Stop keeping up with Instagram culture. Stop keeping up with social media culture. Keep up with yourself. You can't keep up with the Kardashians because you ain't got cash like that. You can't buy ass like that. Be yourself. It's all right. Run your race at your pace. Speaking of running races, last topic. Running races. Running races? Are we running racists? Uh, we got Shakari Richardson. She calls out the uh, the Olympic Committee because a young lady in Russia tested positive for a banned substance. Uh, this banned substance apparently uh, helps with breathing. And Shakari's like, yo, why is she still being able to, to participate? And I didn't. And guess what? The substance that I tested positive for is it performance enhancing? Now, like I said a long time ago, I, do I think that Shakari should have been able to run run in the Olympics uh, despite her positive weed test? Yes, I think she should have. I don't think that should be on the banned substance list. But it is, so therefore, she couldn't. Now, based on her showings after that, uh, it's maybe it's a good thing she didn't go to the Olympics because her ass was re moving real slow. I probably shouldn't say that, but I mean, it is what it is. Now she's she's calling the she's called the Olympic folks racers. Let me see if I can find the the tweets because I I, I want to you know I want to paint the picture. Here we go. Can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine's? My mother died and I can't run. Was also favored to place top three. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. It's all in the skin. By the way, THC definitely is not a performance enhanced. Failed in December and the world just now know. However, my results was posted within a week and my name and talent was slaughtered to the people. Camilla Balavina can compete again in the Winter Olympics after sports highest court ruled exceptional circumstances meant the 15-year-old Russian figure skater should not provisionally be suspended for a failed drug test. Okay, well, I did a little bit of work and I did a little bit of research into that, right? Because it's not as simple as it appears on the surface. And what I like to just say, hey, let's just take a blanket, a blanket response to this. Sure. I think that would be an easy thing to do. But unfortunately, the rules are set in place for a reason. And even if we don't agree with the rules, it is in the rule book. But the young lady is 15. And because she's 15, she's counted as a, as a protected person. So she's protected by her age, and the people around her are the ones who are subject to discipline. Now, because they, they're still working through the appeal process, she can't take the stand, the medal stand, if she happens to win an event. So at the end of the day, we're not sure what the case may be. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you now. We got to wait for the results. And if, if the results come back and we allow this girl to take the stand and 
and and and get her medals. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be an absolute problem because it's going to speak to some inconsistencies within the Olympic Doping Committee. It's going to speak to some uh, consistencies with the Olympic Committee, and it's going to try to it's going to let us know what they really feel and what they think. Now, there have been a couple of instances where they showed their true colors. You know, even back to the swim caps uh, uh, that were I don't remember, but black. Black swimmer wanted to wear a specific swim cap that was better for her hair. Uh, they said no, provided no uh, competitive advantage. Uh, now, we look, if we look at what the young lady had in her system, uh, there can be an argument that it provides a competitive advantage. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to get into that. But what I will tell you is she needs to be suspended immediately and treated fairly. Okay? Now, again, Let's do our due diligence. Let's do our research and come to the right decision. But I'm telling you, if she's using something that she's not supposed to be using, then guess what? You don't get a medal. And just because you're a protected person doesn't mean you get to medal. Because guess what? If the people around you are cheating, that doesn't mean that you did not have an advantage. And guess what? It's unfortunate for you. And maybe you don't get a medal, but you don't get suspended. But guess what? You can't be treated like everybody else who's following the rules. If we're going to hold Shakari to the rules for a substance that did not give her a competitive advantage, we damn sure can't let somebody prance around out here with a substance that could possibly give them a competitive advantage just because she's a little innocent 15-year-old white girl. It's not happening. Hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. You can uh, find all Big of Big Baby's podcasts at BigBabyTheGoat.com. Check out my YouTube channel, BigBabyTheGoat23. Uh, check us out on the Instagram. I want the Instagram. At FreeBigBabyTheGoat. I love you, baby. I love you, baby.